Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Don't have time to work out? Well, that's where our free 10-minute classes come into your life. You can go ahead and sign up over at themerrymakersisters.com forward slash five days and we'll send you five days of 10-minute classes, yoga, Pilates, all of the goodness to make you feel absolutely amazing. Emma, are you excited? Oh, yes. These are my favorite classes. Bring it on. We'll see you super soon on the mat over at themerrymakersisters.com forward slash five days. This is episode 298 on the Get Married Podcast. And of course, we are so excited to be here with you today. Oh, mm. hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, today we are talking about nose jobs. We are. We are. Uh, I published the long-awaited blog post, and I say long-awaited because Emma has been asking me to write this blog post for many, many months, maybe a year, maybe yeah. a couple of years, uh, saying, this is a good story, Carla. And it wasn't until last two weeks ago when I had like a weekend to myself and I was like, what should I do? And I just started to write. And the blog post title is, no, you shouldn't get a nose job. Advice from someone who has had two. So I guess I'll start off with the story mm. about my two nose jobs and then we'll get into more about that and I guess you'll kind of get the gist of why we're sharing this story. But yeah, okay. So let's flash back to when I was 13 years old and I was in the canteen line and this boy turned around and he said to me, get your big nose out of here. And I looked to my friend who I was with at the time and I was like, do I have a big nose? And she said, yeah, kind of. And it was that day that I realized I had a big nose. But along with that, I also decided that I had a wrong nose, mm. a bad nose, an ugly nose, mm. a nose that I hated, a nose that I wanted to literally shave off myself. Yeah. I would look in the mirror and I would think, I would turn to the side and I would be like, oh, if only I could just cut that bit off, I would. that would be so much better. And, you know, I went home and I told mom and mom had a similar story of like exactly the same of when a boy told her she had a big nose and that was the day she decided her nose was wrong and bad and big and ugly. Yeah. And, yeah, since I was that age and then growing up, I was always so conscious of it. I would always turn front on if there was ever a camera. I'd even turn front on, like, I'd even be conscious of it, like, when I was sitting with my friends and, like, having conversations mm, yeah. and being like, let me just step back a bit so I can not be side on when you're looking at me. And then when I got my license, I remember being at traffic lights and always turning my head to the side as well. Mm. So anyone next to me didn't get offended 
by my big nose and that's yeah. in inverted commas because it was just always on my mind and how it looked and how I hated it and how it was ugly and gross. Mm. So, I mean, like, this makes me so sad and, you know, it makes me sad because I think I could have done more back then too and so could have all of us, mum too, mm. I'll say that. We could have all seen the beauty in big noses, but we all thought that too, didn't mm. we? Like, uh, like I never thought you were unattractive. I thought you were beautiful. Yeah. But I thought the ideal nose was a small button nose. Yeah. And, you know, mine wasn't that either, but it wasn't as big as yours. Yeah. And, like, these are just facts, guys. Like, there's no, like, like you have a big nose. Like, I never teased Carla about that. It was just, like... This was the facts. Yeah. And I think I let you down because I think I could have said, like, I'm pretty sure I still said you're beautiful. Like, of course I did. I'm pretty sure you would say, like, you don't worry about yeah. it. Like, you don't need to worry and about it. And mum would say that too. Yeah. But because but, mum was some co- subconscious about her Self-conscious. Nose. Self-conscious. Self-subconscious. <laughs> Self-conscious, guys. <laughs> and we saw the pain that she had about that. Mm. And... That's not her fault either. That's society's fault. Mm. That's uh, that's the uh, the beauty ideals telling her that her nose was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think also, mum grew up in like she was adopted, so she grew up in an Australian household, but she had the Slovenian European ethnic features. So this would have been even harder for mum. Like, she would have had all this as well, thinking, why, I look different. Like, Mm. I can just imagine for mum. And then you had this too. Mm. And I just think, wow, like, if only we all knew the truth that, in fact, your uniqueness and your magic is, like, the beautiful thing about you. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's the reason why we're sharing this story. Yeah. So to, like, stop it. Yeah, to (laughs) stop this from happening, to remind you that actually – your differences is what makes you amazing. And so when I was 19, uh, I think I was 19 or was I 20? Anyway, someone at the gym got a nose job and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my dream. Like I want a nose job. Like where did you go? Which surgeon did you use? And the next day I emailed them and I booked in my initial consult and it was in Sydney and we were in Canberra. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I had this idea that getting a small nose would bring me all the happiness, all the confidence, all the – I would be prettier. I'd get more attention. If I fix this one thing, then then I'll be great. Then I'll be the best version of me. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the idea that I had. And so I went and I got the initial consult. Mind you, this is a sales meeting, guys, just so you know. When it says initial consult – it's a sales call. <laughs> it's a sales meeting. So I went in and they took photos of me from every angle of my nose. And then right there in front of me, they photoshopped my nose. And they shaved. I'll just shave this off. I'll just bring this up. And I'll just make this profile better. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want to look like. Yeah. And I booked in the surgery, got the first surgery. No one tells you how bad it's going to be. Like as much as they, t- as much information as they give you, it will be worse. Trust me. Uh, you're getting a full-on surgery. You're getting put under an aesthetic. They're cutting your nose. They're pulling your skin off. They're shaving off your bone. They're doing a lot to your face. It's going to be painful. Uh, their recovery process is longer than you think it's going to be. Trust me. Um, and then maybe. If you're like me and many, 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 many other people that I now know who have commented, who have told me, you may require a second surgery. 
uh, require isn't the wrong word. They may not uh, create the nose that you thought you were going to get in the first surgery or the second or the third or the fourth or the seventh for someone who commented on my Facebook That's post. Terrible. So they may not, um, it may not go right. What ha- what can happen is with uh, such a small part of your face, scar tissue obviously happens. It's like anything. Anytime you get a cut or anything, you have scar. Of course you do. And so the nose is such a thin amount of skin. Of course it's going to create scar tissue, which can be lumpy and bumpy. That's so amazing. Yeah. Like, duh, really. Yes, and it's it's like way more common than not. And so when, after my first surgery, uh, it was always like really swollen. Like it looked really swollen. never went down, did it, Emmy? Like it was always really wide. I always, I mean, it was kind of like someone had like, Put your nose on your face. Yeah, like it didn't. It didn't look right. No, it was like this. What, what did we? It was like it was like play doh. Yeah, it like it was, was squishy. Yeah, and uh, so mean, it was like fluidy looking. Yeah, yeah, very fluidy and was swollen, but yeah. it was wide. And then not only that, it then like grew a scar tissue pretty much where yeah. my hook of my nose, my original nose, was. And so, like you, I can laugh about oh it now, but. Isn't that insane? So after this first surgery, I thought it was going to be, oh, perfect nose, yay, yay, yay. And it wasn't. Not only that, like I couldn't breathe properly. Like my nose was always blocked. And this was actually one of the things they said they were going to fix uh, because I had a deviated septum, which most people who get nose jobs will um, make sure the surgeon tells them that they have a deviated septum because then that kind of gives them that like, I'm getting my breathing fixed. You know, like you kind of feel like, oh, it's okay. It's not just about my looks. I'm also getting my breathing fixed. Um, But that didn't help either. So then two years later, I booked in for a second surgery. uh, And it was that long because we'd actually started Merrymakers by that time. Like we were two years into Merrymakers. We didn't have enough money for a nose surgery. Like I didn't have – like we were a fresh business trying to to make it happen. I wasn't going to spend money on a nose job. And at that time I really regretted the first one as well, like I do both of them. But it made me realise even more, wow, I just spent all this cash on my appearance and I was starting to really learn the lessons of like acceptance only just – and like, why didn't I accept myself? Kind of questioning it. But I also still felt super self-conscious of this second nose. And I also was annoyed because I made it happen. Yeah. Like I decided to make this nose. And I was the one who kind of made this happen. So I booked in for the second one. The second one, they got rid of the scar tissue and that was much easier. It was less intrusive. Obviously, the first one was way worse. And again, the same recovery process. Have to be really careful. It's still really sensitive. It still gets swollen when I get hot or if I work out, mm. like re- like a hard workout. I mean, and even it, it stops you sometimes from, you know, taking – up activities yeah like like yeah surfing for example one time I tried surfing and I got really badly dumped and the board hit my nose and I was like oh my like I can't do this because it hurt a lot and anytime like anyone actually bumps my nose I mean I've bumped your nose nose yeah and it hurts it's really sensitive and um yeah, it just doesn't feel like my old nose. It doesn't feel normal. And when I touch it, like, it's still weird. Like, it feels like there's, it's yeah. not right. It's such a thing, isn't it? It really, <laughs> I mean, just hearing you talk about it, it's like, oh, my. Like, what a lesson that you're helping me with even, mm. like, in acceptance that 
you know, of course the surgeon makes it look, this is so easy, I'm just going to Photoshop it. Like, of course, they're showing you, like, the perfect ideal Uh result. And I was 20 as well. Yeah, you were 20. So very much so, like, my looks are everything. also we grew up with, I mean, watching those bloody TV shows, the... The extreme makeover. Extreme makeovers. That was a TV show where they would mm-hmm. turn a, I'm going to say, ugly, inverted commas. Not like, ugly. Not ugly, but as in like a, not does not fit society's uh, beauty ideals, yeah. a person, and then make them fit cookie cutter into the society's beauty ideals. Mm. Beautiful, in inverted commas. Ah, it frustrates me hearing mm. this. And, I mean, you are just one of the many who mm-hmm. have gone through this. I mm-hmm. mean, how many people reached out to you? So many. And, I think, yeah, we even have a friend back in Canberra yeah. who, like, who got the nose job after I got the nose job. Like, I was the girl at the gym oh, inspiring yeah. her. And I'm like, I didn't want to inspire this. Yeah, wow. So, like, I feel like that's also another big, you know, reason for sharing this story. Like, I want to inspire yeah. the opposite. Like, don't get it and I'm someone who got one and I wish I could go back and tell myself don't don't go in and like you know I kind of like also had that feeling like I remember the first the first time I was like maybe I could just cancel and I I kind of was like no like I've already paid the deposit like I've already done this I've already done that like I'm here I've booked the accommodation so literally you knew and it was it was like I was thinking about all these things that I'd already done and I was like no I just have to go through with it I told everyone and it's like you could have pulled out yeah. and it would have been fine. We would have just had a holiday to Sydney. Yeah. And it would have been really fun. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been. I'm like, yay, my nose. Like I still have my old nose. And so, yeah, I guess this the way of this sharing of this story is it's really like to hopefully help you if you have any struggle with a body type, body part, sorry, of yours, like to remind you that it actually doesn't need fixing. Like there's nothing that needs to be fixed about you. The only thing that needs to be fixed is our sense of beauty, yeah. is our thoughts around the word beautiful yes. and what it is to be beautiful because actually it's not about having the perfect nose, no. the perfect body weight, the perfect shape. It's not about having non-sticky outy ears or yeah. the best hair or the the right shaped boobs or like bigger lips yeah. or no wrinkles when you smile this is really important yeah yeah and i think like we're really excited to share this very excited and i feel like if i can use my story of like pain yeah. and regret yeah to help someone not to go through with it yeah I feel like there's a purpose to my journey then you know like this this is more than just me regretting a a nose job this is now okay all right Carla share it because maybe you can help someone learn your lesson before they need to learn their lesson yeah I love this and if you are considering any form of body changing surgery face changing surgery i just want you to think about it again and everything that's involved yeah it's like nothing against it if you go ahead that's fine do what you want yeah but just just think think about about it it. one more time (laughs) yeah because there's like you're so much more 
than what you look like. Yeah. I think that's the biggest message. Yeah. Like you are your kindness, your mm-hmm. humour, you are your compassion. Your creativity. Yeah. You're your smart. Like, wow, your intelligence. You are, you are that. So much yeah. more than your appearance. And, like, not just one of these things. You're all of them. Like, what – how – you are within you is so much more important than how you are externally. Externally is it's nothing, isn't it? I love it. Me too. So, like, what are what are the action steps around this? Like, what do we what mm. do we need to to kind of do? Yes, to avoid. <laughs> well, I think it's more about uh, the action steps for when we come to those times of thinking that we're not enough because mm-hmm. of the way we look. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, when I have this thought about my nose or when mm-hmm. I have this thought about my arms or I hate my belly, or, I mm-hmm. hate this about myself, I'm so ugly, you know, all those thoughts mm-hmm. that we all have. <laughs> Maybe not all of us. Hopefully not all of us. Yeah. So, I mean, the best thing we can do is share what we do because we had many, many years of thinking these thoughts and sometimes they pop back in even mm-hmm. after all the self-acceptance work and all the work we continue to do. Every now and again, they sure do pop back in. I think that's such an important message too. Yeah. I think a lot of, you know, we've been doing one-on-one chats with our members yeah. and it's really, really interesting when we talk about this and the fallback. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? You, you fall? fall back? It's like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Of course, we are human. Um, Yeah, so what do we do? I think we're very lucky in that we have a business about this and also we talk to each other about this a lot. It's like Mm. a super big theme of our lives. (laughs) So it's it's like not this afterthought. It's Mm. like straight away it's like, ooh, that happened. Mm. What can I do? Yeah, and we'll probably tell each other. Yeah. We talk to each other. Uh, and this, you need to find a friend who won't straight away be like, you're being dumb because that's not, a, you don't mm. want to hear that. That's not helpful. Mm-hmm. It's more like, you know the truth. Yeah. Like, think about it again. It's like a kind, um, a kindness to it. Yeah. A and compassion, I yeah. guess. And it's not, like, I think there's two things, especially when, okay, let's use weight, for example, because this is the kind, this is the thing I've had for most of my life, weight, mm. because I can want to lose weight and there's no shame around that. Mm. Like, it's not like if I want to lose weight for, I don't know, to feel like I'm fitter or like to, it's like, I want to do that, but it's not about what I look like. Mm. It's to maybe feel healthier be stronger, I want to exercise more, uh, whatever the reason might be, but it's not for I want to squeeze into these jeans mm. and I want to look like this or I'm not good enough and now I want to look like this. Mm. I think a lot of that, because I think once we go on this journey, then sometimes there can be shame around wanting to do the weight loss. To make I, a change. Yeah, because I've noticed that a lot. You yeah. Know, even with Mary Body members, and they'll straight away be like, I know it's not about the weight, but I really want to lose weight. Yeah. And it's like we can't add another extra layer of shame. No. It's like it's like reframing the reasons why we're choosing to lose weight. I mean, there's many, many valid reasons mm. and amazing reasons to lose weight. Health, mm-hmm. uh, fitness, longevity, less stress on our organs, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And our joints. And our joints. Yeah. So we can move 
more easily for longer. Yeah. Like it's simple and amazing reasons mm-hmm. uh, and healthy reasons, mentally healthy mm-hmm. reasons. Whereas if, if it's like I want to squeeze into the jeans I wore when I was 18 and you're now mm. 38 and you've had three kids. Yeah. Like that's that's like that's a crappy reason. Or, I'm going to put it out there. Or if it's just like you've always just said I want to lose weight. I think yeah. that's another thing. Yeah, like yeah. you just always said, I need to lose five kilos. I feel like that's yeah. also not the best. Well, it's like you've just forgot that actually you can have other goals. Or you don't even need to have that goal yeah, at all. you can scrap that goal. Yeah, I think also another really good thing is like flipping it even away from, like if the if that doesn't work for you, it's like figuring out, like well, it's not really the weight loss. Like you have yes. to actually do something in order to lose weight. Yeah. So really maybe it's focusing on like, Oh, I've noticed that I've stopped exercising or moving mm. my body completely. I'm actually, That's I've been so really sedentary this month. That's so true. And I don't feel good from that because yeah. I don't feel good mentally or physically because I yeah. haven't moved my body. So, yeah, you're probably going to put on weight. Yeah. That's so true. And it's like, so it's looking at the things the other way. It's like, it's like looking the at course. It, yeah, like, why, why have I got to the point where I feel like I need to lose weight? Yeah. Maybe I'm eating a super processed diet with lots of takeaway. And, hey, like, takeaway food and processed food is fine. It's okay. But you're not going to feel great if you eat it every day, yeah. every meal. Full stop. We know this. This yeah. is, like, vegan, paleo, whatever diet you want to be on. If you eat too much processed food, you're going to feel like crap. Yeah. There's a very small percent of humans who, in inverted commas, get away with eating this yeah. way. And they don't really get away because it will catch up to them mm-hmm. in – issues with their hearts or their livers or whatever mm. other organ and medical stuff is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there might be that very minimal person who, like, ends up living to their 110 living off Maccas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is there someone who's is done it, that? Is it? I don't know. I don't know if they're, they're, that's real. But, yeah, no, you're right. We're yeah. all different. Yeah. So it's like, uh, okay, looking at this, reflecting – also like does not exercising and does eating this food make you feel good probably not yeah so you can make a few tweaks and we're not saying you go and like run a mile every day or run Mm. 10 kilometers every day or whatever it might be we're saying find a way of movement that feels good yeah it could be jumping up and down on the trampoline yeah and i think the the biggest thing is like before the change because before the change, what really is most important is accepting where you're at right now. Mm, because I love that. when you accept yourself before the change, mm. then you can ex- ensure that acceptance follows you along with the change, which is the most yes. important thing because it's how you're getting to the change mm. that matters the most. Because if we only validate our enoughness once the change has happened, then we're always going to be wanting more change and more of something yeah and then I can use this as an example um my weight loss like when Mm. before we started Merrymakers and I went on that extreme ridiculous unhealthy 12 week thing yeah you know I hit this weight goal that I had in my mind that when I hit this weight oh my god I'm gonna be amazing and it was still not enough I was like well I need to lose more weight yeah and that was because I never ever ever accepted myself ever yeah. And so the journey wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. And then even reaching the goal yeah. wasn't enjoyable. But see, that's, it's like, 
Yeah, so there's two things we need to work on, our acceptance and also the reasons why we do the things we do kind of thing. If you want to make if you want if to make you, a if you're not happy with if you're not, not, not even happiness no. if you're not feeling how you want to feel. Yeah. That is that's great. That's a great way of saying well, it. If you're not feeling the way you want to feel. Yes. Cuz I want to feel energized and vibrant and um, alive. That's how I want to feel. I want yes. to feel like uh, get up and go. Like bring me that. That's what I want. Yeah. And if I'm not feeling that, I know that there's something I'm doing or not doing that's not allowing me to feel that. And it's like it's a lifestyle change. It may or may not result in weight loss. Yeah. That like we. I think it's almost that, isn't it? It's like okay, what what is the change you want to make, and why? Yeah. So I think we need to like unwind all of this. I think like go with the weight loss goal. Yeah. So completely. Maybe it's like it's like knowing that you don't need to lose weight to feel good. Yeah, you don't. There you go. Okay. You don't need to lose weight to feel good. If someone has said, "Hey, you have this health issue. Losing weight will help you." That's a good reason probably to lose weight. And then question them okay what like I understand but you now telling me that doesn't give me any empowerment into how to make that happen and it's also like actually me changing my lifestyle will help me and my medical issue and I may or may not lose weight yes still you may or may not and that yeah yeah, that doctor might be wrong (laughs) (laughs) it was true doctors do are wrong and we are sometimes wrong too we're all sometimes wrong I mean, this is the thing. This is such a topic of, like, confusion because we are unpacking and unlearning yeah. so much, you know, of what we've grown up with yeah. and what we think is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's really interesting and it's good to kind of be confused yeah. and to question it and to, to think, is that right or is this right? Yeah, and so you've just witnessed right here, right now, this, like, I this thing of this idea that has now gone through a discussion that we have had and then it's like unlearning relearning Mm. and like that's what we have to do with everything and see what you do when you fall back you do this (laughs) have a really confused discussion (laughs) no but also other things you do do you do things that make you feel good Mm -hmm. and can i underline feel in your heart in your and in in your your soul in in your your body. body In your mind too. Yes. So things we do, as you know, we do yoga, we do Pilates, we do meditation. We just finished. We just did the most epic session. We did a Pilates, like it was like a 30-minute workout. And because like who got time for hours and hours? Not yeah. us. Yeah. Um, 30 minutes. And then we did a six-minute guided meditation, which the new one on My, the Marybody so app, good. it is so good. It's like freshly composed music by Damiano. It's beautiful. And literally at six minutes, I dropped in in that amount of time. I could have stayed there for like half an Me hour. Me too. I was like, wait, I want more. <laughs> I know. That could be like a repeat option. Oh, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. You're like, don't make me do any more app builds. No <laughs> Please, more. no more app builds. Uh, but, yeah, so there, there's a list. There's an endless list of things that make us feel good. Mm-hmm. But what we need to do is seriously write them down in your phone. Like, yeah. If you're walking, if you're not driving, get your phone out mm-hmm. and start a new list in your notes section. I don't know. Call it toolbox. Acceptance. Self-acceptance toolbox. Things that make me feel good. Yeah. And let's list it. Mm-hmm. So 
yoga, Pilates, meditation. Insert whatever way of movement yeah. that makes you feel dancing. good. Dancing. Dancing. Music. Walking. Put on, like, music really loud and dance. Uh, Jumping in the ocean. Yes. Nature. Nature. So much magic in nature. A call with a good friend. Reading a great book. Mm. Uh, Listening to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. It helps though, right? Shuffle an episode and find one. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, like going to – I really – like what makes me feel good, like um, going to the markets. Like I love going yeah, to like true. the fresh food markets and like yeah. seeing all the like veggies and the flowers and the food carts and all of that. I really like doing that. That's fun. Well, I think as well because food – if the, if you if it's about weight for you, like it was for us a lot, uh, food is like this love hate relationship mm. for so long. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to experience more joy with food, and yeah. I think markets really help that. And enjoying the process of cooking for you and others, maybe mm. or getting other people to cook for you, that's also fun. Yeah, that's really fun. I recommend that one. I really do enjoy watching uh, cooking shows. You food. love a good cooking show. I really love show. it. Well, I love a good cooking slash travel show. Yes. Like, I really <laughs> it's like, do. I can't travel at the moment, so I'm going to watch all the traveling cooking shows. Yeah, they're really fun. Like, you learn so much by mm. a culture from learning about their food. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and it's fascinating because it is so different mm-hmm. and it's interesting and, of course, delicious mm. and inspires you to mix up your home cooking. Yeah, making things. Like create Ooh. like painting, painting or like even like cross stitching yeah. or um, anything paint by numbers. I think you know I think crochet. about this a lot because we really loved craft when we were little. So obviously we would love craft now. I think yeah, I, I love craft. I still like whenever I'm in like one of those variety stores, I yeah. still like going to the craft section. Take them to the craft section. Like let me look Lincoln. at the sparkles and the sequins. I know. I'm not gonna buy any, but let me look at them. But- <laughs> They're so fun when you do buy them, but then you, like, have all this stuff and it's like, I live in an apartment and there's just not enough room for I'm all like, this stuff. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? It was fun for a session. Yeah. <laughs> oh That's why you book in for the craft, like, yes. um, Paint, the workshops. The painting workshops. Yeah, the paint and the yeah. sip or the we're going to make a candle today, we like that kind of thing. another one of those. Yeah, they were, they're really, yeah, fun. They are really fun. So anything like that. Maybe you play an instrument. Maybe you like to sing. Whatever, yes. like keep this list and keep it growing. It's a never-ending list. When you find another thing, oh, that made me feel really good. Like I feel great after that. Then you write it down. And I think sometimes in this day and age you feel like this stuff might be a waste of time. Mm. It's not very productive. No. I could be doing way better things with my time. I read the funniest quote. Um, I think Jules shared it, our friend Jules Galloway, and it was like, Oh, my, I feel, like, really stressed and overwhelmed. I need to rest, dot, dot, dot. Also me. How can I be more productive when I'm resting? <laughs> I, if there's one thing we can learn, it's to rest. Mm-hmm. So funny. Because, I mean, you look at those blue zones. We've talked about them before. We've had a whole episode on the blue zones. It's all about living with less stress. Mm-hmm. And I think life would be a whole lot better with less stress. Actually, I know it would. Yeah. And it's not even like the doing stress. It's the internal stress. It's the constant thinking of what you need to do Mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. And, of course, this will add to the anxiety around everything and your body as well. Yeah. It only will add the stress load and it will make it more difficult to 
come back from falling back. Mm. So this can definitely help reducing your stress. Any way that you can do, please. Please do that. Have a cup of tea. Mm. Meditate. Mm. What else do we do? I feel like that's a pretty extensive list. (laughs) And, I mean... Yeah, that's that's it really. Yeah, really like And the, remembering it's a practice. Yeah, and yeah, it's all about coming back to the fact that you are enough, that you're amazing right here, right now. Yeah, you can make a change, but make the journey to the change an enjoyable one. Don't make your enoughness just because you've made the change. Mm. Make your enoughness a now thing. And oh, then the change is just like, okay, it yeah. happened. I love that so much. And then also remember, reflect. What led you to think and feel so deeply that you are not enough? Because you were not born thinking and feeling this way. Mm. And, you know, we were lucky. We had a great family. We had we have a great family. We grew up with a great family. We have our mum and dad who were very supportive and loved us so much and told us how amazing we are. Mm. It wasn't them. Mm-mm. So where did it come from? And this is when you kind of be like, hang on a minute. Actually, it's not true. Mm. Like you really can realise it's not true. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts about what you look like are not the truth. Mm-mm. If there are thought that is bad. Yes. Well, not bad, but if it's a thought that is not, it's telling you your body is wrong. Yes, or your face is wrong or yeah. whatever is wrong. Yeah. So I think it's really important to unpack it all and to realise the actual truth mm. that it's been thrown upon us from external factors. Mm-hmm. And as women, we do grow up with this, with this idea that we are, like our our worth is based on our looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that our worth is uh, only validated with fitting this beauty ideal. Yeah. And I mean... You see it all the time. Mm. And it's it's forever, right? Like when you're young, it's about your weight or your nose. Mm. When you're old, it's about your wrinkles. Mm. Or your hair, your grey hair. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Yeah. The When you start to be honest about it, there is a, there's a different standard for men and women. Oh, bloody oh. And I understand, yes, it is there for men as well, but it is more for women. <laughs> We're definitely around. Like, I'm looks. sorry, it is. It, like, it, anyone who's going to try and tell me any differently, shut up. It, shut up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Don't listen to this one, guys. <laughs> it really, of course it is. It, of course it is. I mean, like, we can, and it's obvious why. I mean, we look at women's roles in societies mm. and, of course, like, what were women there for? To have babies. Yeah, we look at the magazines on the shelves. I've never, like, and I'm sure there's been one, but I do not see very often men plastered on the cover saying, down 20 kilos, look at page XYZ for their diet. I've never seen that. Maybe so, on maybe this, on men's health. Maybe yeah. on one cover. Yeah. This see, this is when you start realizing, oh, this is why I have <laughs> such a deep self-loathe. Because I saw a million of those magazine covers. And like making fun of mm. the celebrities and they have a little pop belly. Yeah, oh or my. like cellulite. How dare they have cellulite? Yeah. Oh my. Gee whiz. It's 
like, oh, you guys suck. The media sucks. <laughs> Society sucks. Uh, yeah, so uh, don't pick up those magazines and read them. Or do and realise the um, the ridiculousness of it all. That's what I like yeah. to do. Whenever the hairdresser pops it on my know, right? counter, I'm like, let me just open this and laugh at this ridiculous thing that they're trying to make me believe about myself. Yeah, exactly. I think it's actually quite useful yeah. to read those magazines now from this perspective yeah. because it gives you more, like, understanding of mm. how you thought the way you thought so fully and deeply. Yeah, it allows you to forgive. Oh, yeah. that's why I had that belief. Yeah. Oh, I see where it came from now. I actually don't need to believe that anymore. Hmm. Mm. It's very interesting. And all this from two nose jobs. Yeah. This lesson and beyond. (laughs) Yeah, let's keep going, right? Yes. Sister, let us know if anything came up and, like, if you had any aha moments. We'd really love to hear from you and we mean it. Yeah, we do. Message us. (laughs) We love it. We love hearing from you. I hope you enjoyed that episode and we will be back in your ears next week with a brand new one. Mm. Bye. Bye. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.